Hey guys, Nico DLG here, uh, coming at you with a very special episode of Nerd Thug Radio. Uh, before we get into anything, this is really mainly an interview with uh, a very good friend of mine by the name of Evan Glover. Uh, and before we get into anything, I'd like to thank our sponsor, The Adventure Begins, a fantastic store that is now open at full operating hours. Uh, if you want to do curbside and delivery options are still available if you want to remain safe. But you can, until you can come into the store and place your orders. Uh, and they do have table space available, and they do have events running again. Monday, October 5th from 4 to 8 is Miniature Mondays. Tuesday, October 6th at 6 p.m. is a Dragon Ball Super Collectible card game. That's actually something we do talk about in this episode. Wednesday, October 7th at 7.30 to 10.30 is The Adventure Begins Virtual Trivia, and you can find that at twitch.tv slash Nerd. Saturday, October 10th from 6 to 10, it's Hammer Time, is uh, uh, Warhammer and Tabletop uh, Warhammer meetups. And Saturday, October 10th from 2 to 4, is Pokemon and More Pokemon, a casual Pokemon meetup for Pokemon players of all skill levels. Make sure to jump in, say hi, let them know Nerd Thug Radio sent you. Come on down to the Adventure, Begin- the Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More, right there on 1488. Thanks guys, now enjoy the show. The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Hey, Haywood Jeffries, former Houston Ola wide receiver on Nerd... Thug Radio. Hey guys, and welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio. Here I am with the very special guest, Evan Glover. Yo, what's going on, man? Uh, so, you know, I just kind of wanted to talk about how we first met. So, yeah. when I was running around the Lone Star, playing card games, being a hooligan in general, um, I met you and you started playing the Dragon Ball Super Card Game. Oh, yeah. So, how did... Okay, so let me let me just start with, like, how did you, how did you start playing and, like... You kind of, kind of your background, because I know for one thing you're an enormous Dragon Ball fan. Oh yeah, well we play. You know, you go through different routes trying to find yourself, find find yourself through a hobby, mm-hmm. through a card game. So you know, I played Yu Gi Oh for so long, and then I ended up playing Pokemon for a little bit, and then Pokemon was like, man, too much rotation. I spent so much money on a card game that's telling me you you can only play for two years and. It was cool, but I didn't want to keep sticking with spending so much money. So I went back to Yu-Gi-Oh! So then Dragon Ball came out. And at the time when I was trying to find an actual deck, all the stuff was sold out in stores. And then I'm already been a big fan of Dragon Ball. So when the card game came out, I just freaked out. I was just excited and I just hopped on it. And that's when I had went up to you. I was like, yo, give me your demo deck. Like, I need to play it. <laughs> so... Yeah, and that's what happened. I, it just became a, it became more of a, it, 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 it enhanced my fan, my fanness as a Dragon Ball player. That's not a word, but as a Dragon Ball player. So it allowed me to not only enjoy Dragon Ball, but actually go, I want to play this game. But the experience I had from now to then has been crazy. Uh, yeah, because I heard you were on like a team for a while. Like, yeah, Team Medic Club. Yeah, Team Medic Club. Uh, and I'm also the captain of Team King of the Hill for Senpais. Wow. So I'm not a captain on one, but I'm captain on the other one. <laughs> there you go. You're on two teams. You're captain two teams, on one. Two teams. Special occasions. Yeah. 
Yeah, aren't you cool? Uh, I try. <laughs> so kind of like, give me like kind of like your background. Like, what do you like? What do you do? Well, from New Orleans, Louisiana, oh. uh, Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, Hurricane yeah. Katrina took us up here, but we evacuated two days before. I've always been a geek. Power Rangers, you know, anime. Ah, uh, yeah, same. I've always been a fan of. I used to go to anime clubs. I didn't do s- That's, sports like that. If I did, it was I, I wasn't was, really picked. I was the odd one out. I did sports and I and I. Uh, I played football and did the anime club. Really? Oh, you did both. At junior high, it was the anime club where you watch Inuyasha's <laughs> episodes all day. And you watch, uh, what? I mean, the only thing I remember in Inuyasha was Kagumi. <laughs> Just basically your name the whole time. <laughs> yeah, 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 Kagumi. But then that, and then what was the other one? Uh, I mean, I was I collect figurines. And as I got older, figure a lot of figurines got more expensive. And a lot of more quality figurines became more expensive. Yeah. So you spend about 50 to $60 on a figurine. So it's that's a bad hobby, but I love it. Because <laughs> I don't buy J's and stuff. I don't buy shoes like that. If I do, it's every blue moon. Trust me. Every every nerd hobby I've sunk my entire life into, it's it's just been thousands of dollars out the window. But, man, if I enjoyed every second of it. Oh, man. I I mean, yeah. I, it's, just, it's just those type of things. But I've always been that geeky person. Mm-hmm. Um. I got into, got you know, just for years, enjoying anime and always wanted to be an actor since I was eight. So I've been on the grind since. Phew, became more, de- got dedicated at fourteen. Just focus on the grind. Uh, what else? I love food. I love fitness. I mean, got into fitness really like two almost two years ago, and I mean that helps with the acting. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> I'm, it gives you more of a presence on the camera, I believe, and. I just start to just appreciate because I'll be 27 this year, so I just started to appreciate all the the stuff in front of me mm-hmm. that I can just enjoy right. without. Well, really like thinking about it. yeah, yeah. And I think it's something as you like get older and more into yourself. I think, uh, and I think that's a really important step. It's something that I did at a very young age, but you know that wasn't always the easy path to take. It, it was. It, it's. It's like your parents will support. The fact that you had these hobbies, but you always you sometimes have to remind them. Oh, hey, so I'm not doing drugs. <laughs> I'm not going out to inappropriate places or spending money on on stuff that's not necessary. But I'm doing something that keeps me me. Yeah, keeps me sane. Keeps me keeps no. yeah exactly keeps you sane. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. So let's get into kind of your like how how did so you you said you wanted to be an actor at a very young age. Right, and that's so funny. Uh, eight years old. Eight years old. Trailer of Rush, Rush Hour Two, with Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. Mm-hmm. That's when that. That's when Rush. That's when Chris Tucker was was big. His chair's rocking. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that that was when Jackie Chan was doing the well the TV show The Adventures of Jackie Chan. Yeah. The Jackie Chan Adventures, and then Rush Hour Two was like the big hit film, and I remember. It showed a trailer. It showed Chris Tucker jumping out the window, and it was like Rush Hour 2. And it was like Chris Tucker, Jackie Chan. And I just see this black guy going, ah, like that. And then the music was like, whoa, I was like, man, I want to do that. And it just cultivated my brain. Like, my, my brain just went through this whole, this whole transition of, oh, my gosh, I want to be like this guy. And then... At one point, I wanted to build computers and and be a video game developer, uh, uh, like a console developer. Mm-hmm. When I was, 
because I, I felt I used to fix um I used to take my PlayStation apart mm-hmm. and put it back together and it was one of those real those weird gifts I didn't realize I had but I could put it together and I was like oh I'm gonna be a I'm gonna invent a game system and I'm but then every time acting pop up they had these little auditions in the city and stuff I would just jump on them and there was they had like these little classes you would take but my mom couldn't uh, my family couldn't afford it so just went to Jean, you know left Katrina Hurricane Katrina came to Texas and yeah about 14 this, that, that, I didn't do no acting in junior high but in high school I did well that's cool so uh, like did you like theater or did you yeah like- theater and skits all through the church program the uh, the programs and stuff yeah so that's how so that's how you got your start so like what was your first like big gig or like big break that you got paid for it shoot let me tell you how I'm gonna tell you I'm telling you how, how Jesus works. So we were, got, I was 19 years old. I, I would tell people, I said, but the Lord have a sense of humor. I was 19 years old working at Walmart. It was payday. All right, cool. Going to buy some Pokemon cards. I'm excited. My dad goes, hey, son, um, I'm going to go to the barbershop. You know, you, you have to come with me because you have no other ride. I didn't want to be there. Go to the barbershop. There's a, a, <laughs> there's a, uh, a guy, tall black guy, getting his beard trimmed, getting his head shaved. Come to find out, he's from Los Angeles, and he's an actor, and he's been on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh wow! So my my barber at my barber at the time, well, he still is my barber to this day. But the barber cutting my cutting my dad's hair, ex the guy in the in the chair, who's also getting his hair cut from the other from his cousin, who's also the barber there. Hey Steve, man, how's uh, LA coming along? Oh man, you know I just got this TV show. I'm going to be on NBC, and I'm going to be on this. Uh, I'm going to be on this uh, Fox Fox show, and you know I'm working. So fast forward, my dad goes, "Oh yeah, my son's an actor." So the guy, he's six foot. I'm only five foot nine. So at the time, I was like five, 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 six. Like I thankfully <laughs> I hit my uh, I hit my uh, gross my growth spurt, but um, I was he was tall, and he says, "Hey, put your number in, your, in my phone." What, what have you done? I was like, I've done a few short films. And then he goes, all right, well, I'm going to refer you to this agency in Austin. So three months, uh, September, October, November, four months go by. Four months go by and go to the agency, audition for them. And they just say, uh, hey, okay, come on in. I Well, they had me do this read through. I messed up five times. I messed up four times. They say, thank you. We'll keep in contact. In my mind, I said, oh, okay, I don't got this. I go back in the room. I said, can I try one more time? The fifth time, the agent started clapping. A week later, I'm stocking ketchup bottles on the shelf. And I asked my, I called the guy up. I said, hey, Mr. Jason. That's my agent's name. I said, hey, any any advice on your next audition? On my, on my, next, my next audition, what should I do for your next follow-up? He goes, we're sending out contracts out tonight, and we're going to sing you one. So I freaked out. I said, wait, what? He said, no, we're going we're gonna to sing you one. And ever since then, it's been just, you know, I auditions. You, you book and you audition. So I did a few commercials, AT&T, HP. Um, I booked some stuff on my own as well, like the Lone Star College commercial that's shown in theaters. Uh, did a Huffy Bike Sickle commercial, which <laughs> I'd done a few months ago. So it's been a constant grind. 
But yeah, man. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. Just like the serendipity of it. Oh, man. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there were gaps where I didn't have nothing and I would just do plays or I because mean, it's, it's a grind. It, you have yeah. your agent, but you also have to work. You know, now you can't just rely on your agent. You have to go out there and work the craft. And it's been a grind. So recently I produced my first film, Petty Folks, which I'm, I produced, wrote, direct, oh, and wow. financed. Um, it, it was it was work. Oh, no Producing doubt. your film is work because everybody relies on you, and it's so crazy how the direction of leadership, you know. But we got it done, and I'm right. I'm working on another film right now, Comedy One, which I'll keep you updated on. Oh, wow, I think you like this. This film is very goofy and stupid and funny. Like it has no purpose, but it's funny. Well, I mean, if it's funny, it doesn't matter what yeah. it is. <laughs> And then, yeah. So then, yeah, that's that's how I work. And then, of course, Virgin Chili's and Chains was the film that was the most money I ever got from a movie. But I was, we had an audition, tape audition. Mm-hmm. The producer's name, Gary Ganaway. He's from Louisiana. He wrote the movie at the, I think, Horror Fest Film Festival in 2013. Which is, I think it was 2013 or 2012, which is actually, yeah, 2013, which is the same time I auditioned to get with the agency. Oh, wow. It was it was crazy. And my the, he met a guy named Paulo Biscaya. Hope he's saying his last name right. Shout out to Paulo. He's an award-winning Brazilian director. Mm-hmm. Those two met. Gary got the, finally got the finances. I did a tape audition. Then, you know, they sent the auditions to Paulo. Paulo looked at the, all the auditions. I, I got a call back. There you go. Yeah, so go up to the, the casting. Go to the acting studio. Bright Light Studios, I believe that's what it is. Mona Lee, she's a veteran actress. She's uh, I think that's her studio. Correct me if I'm wrong. Forgive me, Mona, if you hear this. But go to the studio, audition again, and I see castmates. I saw Elizabeth Maxwell, who plays Khalifa in Dragon Ball Super. I, there you go. It was, I was, I, I, at the time, she wasn't playing there, but she was. A, I knew who she was mm-hmm. like from her voice. Um, and other actors that was around and then you don't hear nothing for like two weeks and I was at church one day <laughs> I, I had no money I was broke I said dear lord please let me book virgin cheerleaders in chains <laughs> in Jesus name so I'm sitting there in the, in the, in the, in the church the sa- after I got the service the same night my agent goes hey are you available these days you book virgin cheerleaders I went what he said no you're, you're, you're booked it. Are, are you available I say, yeah. I remember, I was in school too, so I, right, I just yeah. told my teachers, I was like, "Hey, I got this job I have to do," and I was probably just retake those classes again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man. So oh, that was so that was that was the big break. That was when you- it was a big jump for me. I mean, it was. I mean, every actor we all want, want look for that big break. I think every gig that we strive to do or audition, we want that that door because you question why am I doing this it's it's hard work it's hard work it's you gotta stay you gotta keep your mind steady yeah you got to so it's crazy but yeah the virgin um we shot in 2016 it hit the Brazilian market in 2017 festivals in 2018 and in 2019 we had a screening in Austin and then Amazon Prime Amazon Prime picked it up, and that's and that's where I watched it. Uh, you can watch it too. Virgin Cheerleaders in Chains. It's rated R, right? I don't, I don't want to get the uh, rating. Ra- it's or it's like not rated. M for mature, I but I would say please be at least 
18 to 17. Eight, 17 to 18. If you're gonna if you're gonna watch it, so if you're gonna watch it, yeah, because Dark Star releasing is a distribution company, so they do a lot of they release a lot of um, indie horror films. And, yeah, it's, and they, they release some good stuff. That's I I really enjoyed the film. I like I think oh, the, thank you. the opening and the ending scenes are like really just brilliant and like they just work super well and because like when it starts up, it, it I think it encapsulates that like you're making a movie and yeah. at the very end the callback is really nice. Yeah. Um. So that was just like I was just I was just super impressed, honestly. <laughs> oh yeah, man. It, you know, it was at the time we didn't really know where it was going to go because mm-hmm. it, it, uh, excuse me, Austin Film uh, Festival, Austin Film Industry is more is more of a doing a feature film out there as a working actor. From what I from what I experienced is a is a big deal. I mean, being an actor is is, is fun, but just to be on a consistent getting paid day by day on set those are as a working actor in austin for like a month that that's a pretty it was a pretty big thing to do because you know it was it's a feature film in austin so austin is like the place you know for people yeah, in that's, texas that's the that's the creative hub of texas creative hub and it is and it's beautiful so to be in that world for like a month was amazing i mean mm-hmm. i met gary kent he's the uh, guy i won't spoil it he's the one that was in the wheelchair uh, he you. was a he's his life was based on Brad Pitt's character mm-hmm. once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh wow! Yeah, he's a Hollywood veteran uh, stuntman from the sixties. Wow! Yeah, he has a um, film called Danger Guide on Amazon. Oh okay. So, but but it, it has some big people in there, and I mean, my friend Kelsey, she's on Barbecue Quest on Hulu. So I mean, she plays Chloe, and then my buddy Ari, she was uh, one of the cheerleaders at the who got well at the fast food joint. Mm-hmm. The long hair one. Yeah. She's on uh, Hellstrom's, uh, Marvel Hellstrom's on Hulu. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, I, everyone's working. And then, yeah, my other friends on Magnum P.I., Amy Leonard. It's, 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 yeah, it was just kind of surreal kind of because having met you before and then finally, because you remember you talking about this movie yeah. way back in the he day. He was like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, like, but like, but I have no concept of that. Like, I have like zero idea, like. All the stuff that goes into it, or like what you had to do, and then I was like, I guess I'll see it when it happens. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was one of those things that people didn't understand because, like, you tell somebody, "Hey, I'm doing a movie," or, or you tell you tell somebody, "Hey, you know what? I'm doing a film. I'm excited. I've done this movie." Like, it, the thing is, people can't see what you see. Mm-hmm. I'm only telling you how I feel based on what I experienced. So I'm saying, "Hey, I did this movie." Okay, cool, cool, cool. What's it about? It's called Virgin Chandeliers and Chains. Huh? What? It's a great title. What? How did you... Is it a... Is it a... Is that the P word? No, it's not that type of movie. No, it's not. And that's what... That's the... Uh, that's the... That's the uh, thing about it. So... It was more of a... People had to realize that... Oh, okay. It's, it's not that type of movie. Because <laughs> when the trailer came out, people... I mean... People were telling me like, like, I know that you love God and you're an actor and why are you doing Virgin Cheerleaders and Chains? I say because I booked it and I'm excited to work with these people. And yeah, and it's really cool. It's a really good movie. You stop judging the title, but the title says Virgin, <laughs> and it really doesn't even come up. Just just the create the craziness of the titles part of the appeal. Yeah, and I like how they had like they're just, just just saying is Virgin Cheerleaders and Chains is not that type of movie. Like, no, it's a 
it's, it's, it's going to make you laugh. Just watch it. It's really, it's really good. I really enjoyed it. Appreciate it, man. Uh, so like, how was like the how was like the day to day experience there? Because I have again zero acting experience, as you can tell. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, call time. So usually, <laughs> like, what was like what was the average like single like pick a day and like explain like oh man and what you did call time for me well, your call time is very you get a call sheet mm-hmm. and you get your sides based on those based on those scenes and those scenes determine those scenes determine what what days well those days are, i'm sorry those days determine what scenes are going to be shot they would have a 5 a.m like you get up at five you get up at four Oh, and I have a, my buddy was my uh, my sound engineer. We actually best friends. Yeah, really, we had best friends in real life. And he's the sound engineer guy who was to pick me up, take me to set. I have a car at the time, but yeah, it'll be call time. My call time be five a.m. So I leave at six a.m. So I leave around five thirty a.m. Be on set at six a.m. Get your makeup done. Everyone's already setting up. All you look at the call sheet is all pulling up to you know do their job on set to act. And you're you're working from six a.m. You get a one hour lunch break, and then you're 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 on set till about five to six p.m. And keep in mind, you also have takes too. You have multiple takes yeah. to get a scene done. So, but you have those easy days. But then I won't do no spoilers. But you saw the kitchen scene. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a long shoot. That wasn't all shot with one camera. They had to move certain tables and yeah, you have to. There's there's a lot of stuff. Like I know there's a lot of things that go into the background of that. Yeah, a lot of backgrounds. Which I, which I thought was so cool because you had the full cast for the most part. You mm-hmm. have you had the full cast for the most part, and I thought that was cool. But yeah, it's just it's just. I mean, you're you're just being there early. Sometimes you may show up late, but you're there, and you just have to be prepared. You get your makeup done, and you just be ready to just get directed. So. And you get to watch all the other actors perform, and you get to watch them get ready and care with them. My energy was pretty, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you get to see you get to see the people setting up. You get to observe, and I learned to just be control. You get to be have self control with excitement. I used to be like, "Whoa, talk to everybody!" <laughs> but as I got older, I understand now that it's just you have to observe every actor you work with. But mm-hmm. the set—that's what the set just. Morning call times for the most part, you get weekends off, but you're you're doing multiple takes. You have to stay in character. Yeah, you're, you're acting. You're doing a job. You're doing a job. Yeah, and you have to be if you have other actors' energy and stuff. And I was I had some great teachers along the way over the past ten years. They taught me more about the craft itself. So you would, you would get cut, and they will discuss a scene for like good ten minutes. Keep in mind, you're still in your place. You know, so imagine having to go to the bathroom, and, yeah, direct- and you're just standing in there. <laughs> and the director says, <laughs> "Stay right there." And then now they're discussing angles, cameras. Let's move the shirt this way. Let's move the light this way. But you can't really can't get out of frame. Anything. You can get out of frame, but it you have to be more considerate. You have to, that's the same. Me, and my buddy, go, say is suffer for the art, which is also part of of our uh, our production production company I work with. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you 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 gotta. Man, you mentally have to connect and work with everybody and yeah. work with everyone that's It's a, it's a big team. It's focus a, on you, yeah. It's all it's all big team. Cuz even the actor in front of you can see and process where you're standing at. They could process this. If I go use the restroom and come back to the set, I have to think about how they're going to reprocess that that scene and mm-hmm. reprocess that Yeah, if they change anything or Yeah. 
Yeah. So so that was so that was the day to day, and like what like what was it like after? So like you guys finished shooting. You take pitch. I mean, you take pictures right before you get to set, but it was really based on the actor's emotions. A lot of actors, I want the thing is, they're, they're professional, and I consider myself a professional one. But twenty-two year old me had to really learn how to adapt to understanding what everyone's energy was about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it it was you know that's a wrap for the day. You take pictures, you talk, people walk to the set, and I thought it was really cool because there were actors. They were auditioning while filming Virgin. And they would get done filming Virgin, and then they would have to go out and go audition. I remember Elizabeth was auditioning for this big gig because she works with Alcatron. The, 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 video, uh, the voice of Vegeta owns a, like a studio or something. Mm-hmm. I remember when she was working on something with that after she shot Virgin. She had to drive to Dallas for oh. three hours. And I was like, wow. And I remember all my other friends were auditioning in still booking other shoots while heading to set a version. I thought I was inspiring. I was like, wow. Yeah. They're, they're really putting in the work. It's, it's, it's crazy. But, uh, every day was, every day was always different though. Every day was always different. I mean, it was never the same day. I mean, you work with the same, like the castmates I work with in the beginning of the film, we worked together like three or four days straight. So my mind, I'm like, Oh yeah, we family. We cool. The next day, the fifth day, it was a whole different scene, whole different scenario, different characters, Different crew team, not different crew team, but um, there were certain crew members that was there early. That was something that wasn't. It was in a whole different house. It's a lot to take in. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a lot. But every day, like I say, every day is a basic. Every day is different. That's the best way. I, I could give you more and more details, but I don't want to ramble. <laughs> <laughs> well, this show's about rambling. Don't worry about it too much. All the scenes, the funny moments we had were so quick. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to always remember this for the rest of my life mm-hmm. type of thing. Because it was just such a quick process. It happened. By, every day went by so fast because it was literally just pure. It was all work. It was pure work. It was fun. Like, it wasn't like a strict, you know. Well, I mean, that's 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 what work is supposed to be. It's 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 supposed to be rewarding and fulfilling. And, like, you're doing what you like yeah. so the days go by fast. Yeah, they, they go by fast. And even when you try, like, I try to have conversations with some of the cast. And it was nothing personally towards me. It's just that. They were working mentally, mm-hmm. like their emotions and their mindset was on a different level. So I'm like, hey, everybody, and people would go, oh, hey, but then I would be trying to get into their little energy and get into their their circle, their vibe, knowing that they're working, you know. And that was something I learned these days. It was like, oh man, I get it now. Like these guys are really like this is their job. This, this is their a- job, and not everybody's gonna be. Not everyone's be like super friendly at work all the time. Just like that, yeah, yeah. And they're all the cast. I stay in contact with them for the most part. They all just amazing people but but it, half the time we were all sleeping on the couch in the other room it was a big like the blower house you saw mm-hmm. that big house that was a, a room that we, you never ever saw but that room was where we all rested the equipment and all that stuff was there so just go take a nap real fast go recharge dude it was nice because we have a fan there was a huge fan blowing on us and we'll just be on the couches i mean you you're 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 there to like and imagine your call time being like 5 p.m 6 p.m so you're not leaving to 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, and your scene's not even shot. So they can say your call time is 6 p.m., but they got these takes they got to do that they find intriguing or they find, you know, they they want that perfect that perfect grip. So you're in the room just chilling with the castmates, laughing, talking, goofing all. Sometimes they, they, they go, guys, shut up. <laughs> we're filming. I'm like, we're, we're sorry. They don't care if we're actors or not. They're like, hey, shut the hell up. <laughs> 
about to replace you. <laughs> you want to get paid, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is, it is a job at the end of the day. And it's just kind of funny because, like, you don't – It's. I feel like it, acting is, like, the one job people are, like – you You only see either the end product or you work in it. Like, you, it's one or the other. Yeah, yeah. People don't understand. A lot of people want to be actors. Like, even at the actors I meet at Lone Star at the time when we, you and I were there. Mm-hmm. You, are you still there? I'm still there. I, oh, went, no. I, went, I went back to school after working – Sometime really, oh, no, that's cool. I I don't like math, <laughs> so I just been I just been just trying to do my own thing. Well, you know, but college isn't for everyone. It's not. It, I don't think it's for me, but I don't. I don't. I mean, I'm not going to tell people not to go. Right. I mean, I learned a lot about myself, but I, it's not for me. But I'm, I may go back just to get that uh, to be a PE coach mm-hmm. as, a, as a plan B. But a lot of actors. But yeah, like I'm saying like a lot of actors want to be actors, if that makes sense. Yeah. But when they don't understand that in Houston, you know, it's a whole lot of, it's a whole nother world, even in outside of Houston, even in Austin, because that is the creative, you know, like you said, creative hub of Texas, but you're, you're driving two to three hours for a five minute audition. You're going to set in Austin for commercial gig. You're going to set for five to six hours. You're, you're working for four to six hours on set. Then you got to drive back. Yeah, the whole the whole day. <laughs> After the whole day, and that's commitment. You have tape auditions. You know, you're you're sitting there. Like I said, I teach acting classes too, so it's a good side hustle for me. I done a few. I done a voiceover thing for a cartoon not too long ago for my buddy's indie project. But it's a grind. It's a it's a it's a serious grind. And the older I get, I realize why people, actors, like, I mean artists who do this as a career. That the ones I work with are very unique, artistic, mm-hmm. but you could you could feel that that they they're trying to get somewhere because it's not what what it seems. Yeah, it's a it's a drive. It's definitely not an easy. You're not gonna be like, oh, I'm just gonna you know do one audition, make it you know do two films and then retire. It's like that's not how this works. No, I thought that this film was it. Like, and it was it. Like I said, I was showing in a whole. I was showing in thing Brazil, but it. You know what? One of the things I would say is that. The majority, there's a lot of talented people, but when you actually put in the work, I mean, when people come to you to say, hey, you know, even like this podcast, which is awesome, but come to you for your work, your craft, they want to see that you're working. They got to see. Do you want to sit back and go, oh, I just want to make it? Well, we all do. Yeah, but, but I mean, people. Yeah, you actually have to do it. And like. We're not, we're not, a, I mean, I'm not, we're not like a super big show, you know, we're not Joe Rogan, we're not making right, millions right, of dollars right, right. here, but you know, it's, it's been a grind, I've been doing this for, we're on year five, like, it's a grind, I, we haven't, we've taken like, we've taken weeks off and like time off, uh, for a lot, like, um, my, my father died about two years ago, almost two years ago, oh, sorry, I hit it, yeah, and, um, so like, obviously we took the week off from there, but like, cause it's just me and my brother for a long time now, uh, and it's just kind of been like, it's, it, it's been hard sometimes and you got to, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just keep going. You know, I think the, the, the joke I always make is that we have more hours of, we have more hours of show than there are episodes of S of uh, law and order. <laughs> oh yeah. I, you know, my dad always tell me, my dad always say, you know, if you believe it, if you, if you see, you can achieve it. So I remember at 17 years old, I was telling my mom, I'm going to do my first commercial at 20. And I did at 20 years old. I did my first commercial. So, I do believe in you know you pray about it and you put out the into existence mm-hmm. because it I don't know I it's easy to get 
I try not to get too comfortable. That's why I do the fitness. That's why I write. That's why I do these hobbies. I don't want to get comfortable, especially as an act like being able to audition. Mm-hmm. I mean, COVID got me reflecting a lot about me being an actor. Oh yeah, it and must then, have been. It must have been hard to find anything. Uh, in the beginning, there's been a few tape auditions. I haven't like I say, I got six no's and one yes because of uh, and that was the guy I worked with in the past. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was staying in, with my Jewish family. I called my Jewish family. They uh, I had a hundred dollars for three weeks to last me while I was out there in um, filming Virgin. I was a waiter for this event, so I made some extra change, some pocket change, just to well, a hundred dollars went by fast. But the, I literally they gave me a place to stay, but I learned so much. And as an artist, was like wow, this is what I felt like. This is what an artist had moments like this mm-hmm. because it's a hundred bucks you have, and you're spending money. You like the family going here. This is your place you can stay, but everything else is on you. You buy your own food. You buy your own. It was just cool. You're like you're 22. I get it. But now understanding, like as a 22 year old, I understand. As a 22 year old, for me, I was too spoiled in a sense where my family gave me everything. But like you know, like my mom and dad pampered us for years. And, you know, and of course, took me and my brothers. You know, we more we 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 live day by day now without relying on them with your product. Mm-hmm. But back then. It made me realize I could see why an artist is so desperate and hungry for something that they believe they can reach for. Mm-hmm. Because I used to eat food on the set that I couldn't wait to go to set. I can eat breakfast. I'm yeah, yeah, dude. Because they're, they're like, oh, they have food there. They, I'm not gonna I, spend I just any take of my food from the set. I'll I'll pack up my bags. With the, the leftovers and stuff, oh, it was the star. The, you've you've lived the starving artist experience. I definitely did because mom and dad wasn't there to make me full gourmet meals and stuff, but I did, and I for, am forever grateful that little struggle. It wasn't even a little struggle. It was a struggle because the last day I had no more money. I mean, my dad got me Chick Fil A and I chunked that stuff down. Like when I got back from Houston, I got cried. After we finished filming, the next day I was in my emotions. My dad came and got me. I was crying. It was, <laughs> dude. It's it's a. There, those are experiences that you have to create because if you don't, as an actor, you got to understand we all want the same thing, but you got to create these moments because these moments on set are special. Mm-hmm. Even the littlest ones, even the audition ones. That's what it is. Oh, but I got off topic. But yeah, a lot of actors understand that. Oh, I want to be an actor. I want to be a voice actor. Yes, we all do, but it's work and. The one thing I learned is that it's not what you think. You could watch something on TV and get inspired by it, but you have to. As eight-year-old, you did once. The eight-year-old me had no idea what I'll be doing like 19 years later. I didn't think I'd be actually doing the auditions. And the more I think about it, there are times where you get auditions like, oh, just book me. But then you have to realize, you know what? I'm, I'm thankful for this audition. But then when people watch anime and watch like, like we're, we're entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. We, this is entertainment. When you watch the stuff we see, the big leagues and stuff, people go, oh, I want to do that. Oh, I want to do that. Oh, I feel motivated to just, oh, I feel inspired. Okay, cool. So what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the, one of the. Eat Taco Bell and be like, yes, <laughs> I'm an artist. I'm an artist. True <laughs> artists only eat Taco Bell. We, uh, eat, we eat Taco Bell and talk about comic books all day. Well, and like that's that's kind of how it started, um, and I think like a lack of experience is like why we like really just like head down and just rush straight into it, yeah. having zero idea what we were doing. Um, and you know, and like we've gotten to a place where we, you know, we've, we're comfortable. We're not like 
we're not here struggling. Like we're like my brother does other writing on the side. He like makes his own comic books and that's really cool. Yeah. Uh. So like he does his own thing. He did a Kickstarter that recently funded and like. Oh wow. Uh. So like we like we've all been doing our own things and I've been going back to school after working for a while and then. Yeah, I know he was working a lot. Uh, it was it was just kind of a weird. It's it because we never stopped doing it. I think is where like our consistency. You know, we have like three hundred episodes, and like I'll, I'll tell everyone, just watch from the beginning and then get however far back you want because starting from one is so awful. <laughs> really? Oh man, this what episode is this? This is three hundred and twenty-one. Oh, it's dope. That's actually a good number. Yeah. That's actually the. It's, it's three, two, one backwards. That's actually pretty. Oh, three, two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty. That's so funny. Oh man. So like it, it, like it definitely. I understand that like experience and like you get you get really neat moments. I think when you're doing art and when you're like producing something. Yeah. Um, something so, that you don't get at a nine to five. Right. I mean, I mean, I'm just being real. Like you, you don't get it. I, yeah, you don't get that kind of like weird, like soulful fulfillment and like yeah. And even you don't even have to make it big to make it because like there's definitely moments that I look back on is like I'm gonna remember this until I die. <laughs> I you know what and I I I'll tell you this Gary Kent like I said the, the stunt guy, he told me something that was so when we was on set, he looked me in my eye because he's eighty he's he's in his late eighties but I mean but he's he looks he's healthy he looks amazing which I'm glad he's doing well. He's, Surprising for a stunt man. <laughs> yeah yeah I mean he done it I, mean, I think he would he would, he went he had some he only go take care of his family for a while but. He did it for a very long time, and I remember when we was on set, and he said, "Hey, do you look me dead in my eye?" And he says, "Hey, do you plan on doing acting part time or full time?" And I looked him in the eyes and full time. It was something about him asking me that, like he, it hit me to where I was like, "There's no way this can be just some little something on the side for me to do. There's no way I'm here." Just cause I'm here, like I, I, I mean, every day on set, I'll be in like my emotions at times because I, I had to process that twenty-two like, year old me is doing a feature film, and that the people I'm friends with or you know, well, colleagues with, acquaintances with, you know, I have their numbers, I have their contact, you know, I get to hit them up, I get to, you know, they're on TV shows, they're doing voiceover for video games and anime and. Yeah, I mean, stunt like, guy is. I mean, Gary's is on Amazon for the stunt guy. He does cons for his stunt stuff. I mean, it's it's yeah, it mind was, blowing. It was surreal. It was it was really surreal seeing you on screen for the first really? time. Really? Yeah. Oh man. Because like, it's it's different when like you meet someone and then it's like, oh look, there they are on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> like this is this is real. This is happening. Yeah. It. You, you know, I I think that people want to. Not everybody. Like I said, you got people who love. I mean, this is just being being real, but you have people who love being able to say, you know what? I like what I do. You have mm-hmm. people who love being an accountant. You have people who enjoy, you know, working in a cubicle or, you know, doing being a school teacher or you have people who love it and they enjoy it. But I think also it just comes down to because you know, you, anybody could be an artist, but some people want to push that art a little further. You know, they want to yeah. push that. Some everyone can make art, but some people want to be artists. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's what. It, yeah, that's what it is. And I think that people are more, because you know, you meet people. Not actually, not everybody is an actor. And there are people who who like being doctors, nurses, uh, 
you know, firefighters. Both I, my both my parents were teachers. My mom works in a big district. And oh, like, cool. My mom's a school teacher at Galbo. Oh, wow. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you can see the joy in your mom's face that mm-hmm. I love what I do. But I think people, sometimes people don't find what they love to do, and they just go find something that they know they can, they can do. They can do. And then you would hear them say, and there are some people I would say, uh, this is how you get into acting. I go, <laughs> I always tell people this. I go, God. <laughs> and uh, But I tell them that, you know, just the grind of it. And then some people would say, oh, man, I always wanted to get into acting. I said, well, why, why aren't you doing it? You know, why aren't you doing a community theater? Why aren't you doing a one? I've I done that in college. The community theaters, the one-act plays. I've done full-length shows on stage. And it's like, why, why aren't you doing it? Oh, I don't know. I'm getting older. Wait, you what? I got a family to take care of. Well, okay, so I'm not saying don't take care of your family. But... When you come to work, when you go to clock and at your job, your family is at home. You know? Mm-hmm. You're not there. So on your weekends, let them know. I mean, I'm not saying the I mean bring the like, you know Don't they, abandon your family to go act. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying you can make time. I know a lot of people who I know people who struggle and took care of fam family members that had cancer and uh, you know they had uh, lung cancer. I mean, they had sicknesses where they would still go do shows. I'm not saying leave your family, but, you know. If you really wanted it, you'd do it. You would do it. You would, you would, make, you would compromise and mm-hmm. balance your time. It would be more work, but you're the one that's saying, I want to do it. Yeah, you're going you're, you're gonna to enjoy it in the long run is yeah. really what it would I always tell people because I, I was like, my friend did a play, and she was going through some family stuff. And she, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. We, we, was, we, was, we did, the, yeah, it was a play. No, it was a film. I'm sorry. We did a film. She was going through some personal family stuff while mm-hmm. filming on set. And you would never have known that she had these issues because she was in character half the time. But she, you know, she made it a priority. She, she worked really hard. To- she worked hard enough to where she could take care of her family and take care of the craft. Mm-hmm. There are people who are very talented. I mean, that, it's, it's just it's just a lot of toughness, too. Like, just mental and just physical yeah. fortitude to do that kind of things. Yeah, man, it's it's a it's a mental thing too because like when my grandma passed away in twenty she passed ten years ago, and eleven anniversary is coming up for her, but when she was sick, my mom always told me to do your craft, but check on your family, prioritize, you know, mm-hmm. do make it don't go leave your family because they're dying, but check on your family. You yeah. know, you make time. You have twenty four hours a day. You know, you balance time. You balance time with your family. You balance time with the craft or any job you do. It's it's possible. You could people want to just shove their dreams to the side and then say. And some people do say that as an excuse. In my opinion, is that they go, oh, "Well, my family's no, no, no. Your family's fine. They want you to win, but they also want to see you make. Balance. They want to see you happy. They want to see you happy, but you can make balance. Yeah, it's crazy." It's crazy. Man, that was deep. <laughs> yeah, hey, man. This is art right here, baby. <laughs> you know, but, you know, I, I always been, as I gotten older, because I'll be 27 this year, man. So as I gotten older, which is crazy, you met me when I was, it's so weird, because you met me when I was 23, going on 24. Yeah, you met me about four, about three years ago. Mm-hmm. And as I gotten older, it started to become more of a, of an ideal, uh, it's more of a, of, a, of a maturity thing too. Oh yeah, for like sure. You you realize, all right, got mom, got dad, my little brother. Okay, perfect, cool. All right, what's next? Mm-hmm. All right, got an audition. 
ramp my film up, teach acting classes. What's next? You know, you know, do I go back to the dating room or do I just seriously do I go back to dating, talking to people, or do I don't make that priority and just which I it's not, but do I put more time into my friends? You know, do I watch do I binge watch a TV show? Do I watch anime? I, I mean, I'm, you're finding ways to keep your mind stimulating with excitement, inspiration. Yeah. And if you don't, I think that leads to depression. I, well, I won't say it to everybody, but it's easy for me personally to get. Well, like yeah, like stagnation. The segment, yeah, to get bored, to get yeah. feel lonely, and I, I don't feel lonely, but there are times I just feel to be in your feelings. I'll be in my feelings because I'm out on set, mm-hmm. or I'll have a moment. And it took me like three or four years to literally process all the version out of my head because i had so many moments mm-hmm. on set it was about the summertime so i have to really be creative i have to write i gotta be, use my imagination you gotta be weird man it's <laughs> even chips all day playing like playing the switch it's not gonna help i, I tried that it didn't work it didn't work <laughs> i had some twinkies too i was like dang this is not working at all this is not me well like uh, that's something i did like as i got older like i played less games and like you know, I worked more on school, and then when I was working, it was, it's just a different mentality and a different kind of, like, mindset, really. Um, but, yeah, it's always been – I think I think maturity has a lot to do with it. Uh, like, I had to really kind of, like, come to terms with, like, everything when, like, my dad passed, and I was like, wow, that was – you know, like, this is real. This is all happening now because it happened yeah. so fast. Like, oh. he was like – he was like – he went into the hospital, and, like, a couple days later, he was gone. Like, it was so fast. Oh, he, like, he passed in his sleep? Yeah. Oh, what – thankfully, yeah, I know. crossed my heart. I'm I'm glad it was peaceful and not tragic. Yeah, like it wasn't tragic. It, but it happened so fast it was like everything was so like weird and like there was one time where like it was at his wake and it was like like a weird serene it was almost like a party for like all the people I had like he had met and I had met like yeah. as a kid and it was like it was this weird kind of like everything's fine, but I'm dying. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, my uh well, well yeah, I mean I don't you talk about debt so much, but one of my buddies, he was, a, he was an artist in Houston. He, he passed in a car accident, uh, speeding mm-hmm. on the intersection. And um, he, you know, I, I I had a moment. Like, I I teared for the day. You know, he literally he literally died two days after Chadwick Bosman passed. And uh, that was crazy, too. Going like, dang, the Black Panther died. Well, t- you know, Chadwick died, the actor. And then he passed. And, you know, I don't know if it's just... As you process it, I think that's the maturity thing. Because you know, when you when somebody you close to a loved one die, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm sure this happened to people in the world. I mean, it's billions of people in the world. But I guess I was expecting this big, heavy rain of tears and and like I had cried, but it wasn't like I was depressed for weeks. And it was just weird. Like I don't, I don't know. Like you said, it, it just went by so fast mm-hmm. that it was like, oh. Yeah, and uh, like it comes. Like life is like a like everything goes. Everything's moved so fast. So it's like like yeah. It's like you have time to like. It's like yes, you appreciate them. You you process, and it's like all right. But now, but now it's over. It's time to keep going because they don't. They wouldn't want me to stop going. Yeah. Because yeah. of like you know like, it's not you know it's not their fault or like whatever happened you know yeah, it happened. Yeah. It's just it's just the way it goes. Yeah, I, and I I always been like I always tell I always tell my 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 dad was go you better not get mad over here. Like, God take me home. Like, I can get mad. You know, my mom be sad. My mom goes, goes. Like my mom, she always goes, "You need to stop. <laughs> you need to stop. It happens to all of us. It can happen to you tomorrow." I'm like, "You're right," but I think that's why they say enjoy every moment. You know, 
I saw a post that said uh, a lot of people aren't happy because they're not famous. And I feel like we live in a time where people are chasing clout. And I always I have the same chase the craft, not the clout. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in chasing clout. But like the stuff that happened to me in Dragon Ball, that I didn't ask for that. The, the shout outs, the, the dimensions, the, the clout I got in that game wasn't like, all right, I hope I get some. No, it was just, I just being me and I enjoy the moments. Yeah. And when people see that you enjoy, I mean, you can't BS nobody, but when you show people that you enjoy life, your purpose in the moments, in what you do, people are going to cling on to that. They, they're going to see it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I played I played card games for over 12 years now. And like, hey, I, veteran. Uh, I've been playing since I was like 10. Like I was, I was in there. I, I played Yu-Gi-Oh when I was a kid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, yeah. And I was terrible at it. And I got better and better and better. And then like now it's just like I just build stuff for fun. Like do I even play the game? No, never. I just like, I just like building stuff. It works. It's fantastic. And yeah, I, well, I was, that's that's the joy of Dragon Ball. Right. It, yeah. It's you get to, you get to have. That's the thing about this game. It gives you like every. I tell people this. Every card game is going to have that top tier deck. Every card game has it. Yeah. Pokemon, just, Yu-Gi-Oh, Dragon Ball, Vanguard, even Di- Digimon, I think it's Shiny Gray Mine is going to be like the top tier deck, whatever. Every deck has a top tier. The deck I run is top tier, but it's not the number one. It's not the god tier, like the the, the new Vegeta from G- the new set. Mm-hmm. Even with that, that deck is, I play that deck literally two days. I win some, I lose. I, I get more losses with but when but I have so much fun because I have an option to get to play what I want to play. Right. And I think it's it's really fun. It's it's a real creative expression for yeah. me. Uh you know, doing it for so long, it kind of became like a second nature and as I pick more games up and like put them down and pick them up again, like for Vanguard that was that was me for a while. I I I sold oh, I almost all I sold almost all my Vanguard stuff and I've like rebought it over the years cuz I'm terrible financial decisions. Hey, I I I'm I'm slowly I'm I'm slowly getting better. I'm doing investments <laughs> with family stuff so it's slowly processing. Slowly. It's like oh, I don't know if I should. Hmm. Thinking about it makes me want to. Hmm. Okay, I I invest. I invest. Like I actually got to invest this, I got to invest some money in tomorrow. Uh yeah. And it can really be like that sometimes. It pays off in the end cuz you get to watch it build up. Yeah, I mean, you have to really watch it build up. I mean, it's just I like drinking bangs a lot. Cause <laughs> I buy those. A lot of my money goes like to healthy foods and sushi. Like I, it, it, it. <sighs> no one's gonna get mad at you for buying food. No, it's not even that. It's like <laughs> my mom, like, wait, where, where your money go at, baby? Where your money go? I go, I don't. I, mean, I bought a few figurines. I ain't gonna cap expensive ones and some Dragon Ball cards. I'm not gonna lie. But the majority of my food, I mean, my money goes to like the the, the bangs and the rings and the the protein workouts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then also, I don't really eat out like that unless it's a sushi or something. I don't. I have a cheat day, but I don't really go grab McDonald's or fast foods because people spend a lot. Most money is spent on fast foods. Oh yeah, throughout no. The week, and I try. I don't do that no more. But at one point, when I was two, I mean, I weigh one eighty six now. But when I was two oh five. That's what I was doing, sixty to seventy dollars a week. Yeah, I mean you're spending you know seven dollars a meal twice a day at least. You, that and adds then, up real fast. And then you may want tacos too, you know? Right? Like, yeah. You, go, Let me. you know what? I'm actually kind of hungry right now. I think we'll go get a snack or a drink Let or me something. Go get some tacos real quick. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like I get it. It's always it's always difficult to like kind of rein that in. Like, 
think it's real good that you, you've moved away from that. It's, yeah, I mean, yeah, for the most part. I mean, I had a broken Friday last night, but it's not every day. But it's just the fact that. Well, it's just it's just using it more wisely, I think. Yeah, yeah, more, more, more alert. Yeah, on decisions. You're more mature, if you will. Nah, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but I would. I would imply that. You know, I think people. I think we we try to find. I think people try to find. Like I say, when people say chase clout, not in because they're not famous or people find ways to be happy without mm-hmm. trying to find. No, people try to find ways to be happy without going with the flow to be happy or having goals, dreams, or being able to stay focused. That's that's why I would tell people, even with actors, because I'll tell you something, even as an actor, man, you drive to an audition, you're driving on a road for two hours, so you got to get up early. Yeah, you got to get up early to get there. You're get driving for two hours. Full you're using all your gas. Ten hours of sleep. I mean, you will sleep early, drive, leave at nine, be MCF so okay. Not your call time would be you know, your your call, your appointment is eleven ten. So you drive two hours. Back, you just do your best. You, the anticipation is over with. You can go eat, go or you can, like I try to keep that adrenaline in me going, Okay, I'm here, now I'm gonna go back home. Listen to a podcast. And then you're driving. You know, back wind quick. down and then get home. Yeah, you're on the road for a good a good bit. Like I thought about moving to Austin too, but I love I love Austin. I like Houston. I love Houston and I like what it does for me. Mm-hmm. But I just enjoy the crap of Austin. Like I enjoy it. I mean, it's I mean, the it, vibe is it's so different. It's the center again, it's the creative center of, of Texas and no one's going to get mad at you if, you know, I'm an artist and I moved to Austin. No one's going to be like, "Oh, that's weird. Why would you do that?" Yeah, yeah. I I love Houston too, but it just it, it's more industrious here. We're we're more like work, get things done here. Yeah, Austin is like you work, but you you find I don't know because even on set, the weekends I had I went to the Fairy Garden. My my friend, she's a singer, indie singer, indie artist, uh, recording artist, and she took me to the Fairy Garden, and I went to this organic place, had like organic water, chocolate, and stuff. But I was out. I, I mean, my whole the whole month was me as an artist, so. I, it was like a free, I guess because, you know, you're doing what you love mm-hmm. and then you're going to do stuff that you enjoy. That's like the best life. Yeah. Like, and that doesn't happen to everybody. Like I love my job. And after I get done loving my job, I go do things I like to do. It's like, right. wow, what a great day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a great day. Yeah. That's what it was. I mean, I go watch a TV show or watch. I was watching Daredevil at the time, season two. I was watching that. I mean, still haven't seen any of the Netflix Marvel stuff. Oh man, I those shows are inspiring. They they were good though. But yeah, man. I mean, you just you just gotta find. You have to find it, but you also have to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know. But I think if you if you do the opposite of it, I think you become more. Well, I think if you you don't enjoy it, but you do it because you're like, oh, well, it pays the bills. I think it, puts yeah. a, cause you know time goes by fast, man. I people would tell me I wish I was in my, like oh man, I wish I was your age again. I go, well, why you say that? Well, man, you know, I had a kid and I wanted to get into music. I wanted to draw pictures. I'm like, you can still do it, but man, I got a family to take care of. Well, your days it. off. Yeah. What are you doing your days off? It's well, like well, nothing. Sleep or you know watch my kid. You can't watch a kid and paint. Yeah, and I mean, like, there's there's tons of there's tons of examples of people, especially in like the entertainment industry. That like, like, there's a I forget which guy it was. It's like this older guy. He's like he's like he's like I didn't start my podcast till I was fifty, and yeah. like, and it's like it's like you can do that. Like, 
I it's want, so yeah. open. I want to do like uh, uh, what's his name? What's that? Joey, that one guy that does podcast, Joey Cruz. The bro, you seen Spider Man too, right? Yeah. Remember the guy who was like, "Hey, buddy, you want to get to him? You gotta get to me." And then knocked the Mr. Octopus, Doctor Octopus, had hit him to yeah. the side. That yeah. guy, I think, was Joe something, but he Joe, Joey Diaz. There you go. Yeah, he yeah he uh he's an older guy. He's like in his late sixties now, but he done acted for a minute. And but he he was uh he was definitely he does podcasts and stuff, and he does he still do comedy, but he's an older cat. And I'm I'm like, bro, I want to be like that at sixty, doing podcasts, like just sitting there, <laughs> just having people come on. I think I think I can see myself doing that though. You know, well, do you the got, grind. You got it in. I, I'm right here. Oh, I'm oh, standing here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, there you go, man. It'll be, it'll be, uh, <laughs> it'll be a sign of. Uh, I mean, just let me know because I, I guess I could be like a guest or something. Or no, yeah, this has been this has been great. Uh, I really appreciate you having on. Yeah, uh, man. Uh, yeah, this has been a great time. Uh, so check out Nerd Thug Radio. Check out our sponsor, The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More. Yeah. And uh, check out Virgin Cheerleaders with Changes for mature audiences. We do want to mention that uh, Amazon our, Prime. On it, yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Can we buy like the Blu-ray anywhere? Or is that just yours? Yes. Um, Dark Side releasing sells him. The darksidereleasing.com so it's D-A-R-K-S-I-D-E-R-E-L-E-A-S-I-N-G.com. Okay. And when they purchase the movie, it goes, the money actually supports the original owner, Gary Ganaway. So all the funding goes to the original filmmaker, writer. We get none of the money or anything. They paid you for your job. You're done they, now. Man, look, they gave us a contract. <laughs> <laughs> they said, they said, here. Uh, no, Mama Sandra. I, Sandra Steele. She's my. She's a producer of it, one of the producers. She goes, come here, sweetie. Sign this. And it's like, look, this is what you get. This is what you're going to get. There ain't no royalties. This is, this is you. Good luck. Like, all right. There you go. All right. Okay. Well, <laughs> but uh, yeah, all of the money, like your time you get purchased, a fund, uh, some of the the money goes, goes to him. And um, he's a very talented guy. Like, he wrote this movie. You know, it took him years to fund it. He actually funded the film. Wow. So... Well, in the same, you know, with chair, uh, what's it? What was the, what's the word when you the, the, the donating? They donating money, uh, yeah. crowdfunding. Yeah, he's selling shirts, and I mean, he was just grinding, and he had the budget for it. So it was, it's just crazy to see how it took him years to do it, but he did it. It's, it's here. It took him four, yeah, about yeah. That that was inspiring for me, man. Like, wait, what? You know, but now that he's watching it, like I asked him on set, I said, "How do you feel about this happening? Like, how does he's like it's." Kind of real, like it's, it's like it's, it's surreal. It's right? surreal, and he's like, you know, I just I haven't processed it yet, but it's happening. Yeah, so that's cool. So check out your film. Yeah. Uh, check out his Instagram, Evan Glover at Instagram Evan Michael, is it, Evan? Is, it, is it Michael Glover? Evan Michael Glover, yeah. On uh, on Instagram, make sure you give him a follow, give him a like. Yeah. Uh, so it's been great. It's been real. Uh, this has been Nerd Thug Radio. Talk to you guys next time. Bye.